shit, we didn't do an intro of the name. We didn't start with the name. We'll fix it in post. We can fix it in (laughs) post. Yeah, I guess guess that's how that starts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Podcasterly Rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, wait, five seconds, cue music. Who's going to kick it off? Um, Well, intro. Uh, My name's Peter. I've been a long-time Ice and Fire fan, Game of Thrones read all of the books and have been waiting um many years for the next one yeah my name's mac i again likewise also a big fan of song of ice and fire uh did not read all of the books but i did listen to all of the audiobooks i'm john um so i watched the show first i think up through the first four or five seasons before reading the books and then i read almost all the books before the last uh six seven eight came out you know love the season loved all you know all the seasons you know didn't think maybe the execution in the last season was perfect but you know the story beats were all right um so i don't harbor too much you know pent-up rage like the internet seems to about the end of the show although you know there's valid criticisms. I joined much of the internet and hated the seventh and eighth season. Even the six was like kind of out the door for me. Um, so I'm pretty hyper vocal, hypercritical in that sense, mostly just because of, you know, it's not like I felt it was owed to me, but you spend that much time with something and put that much heart and soul into it. And when you get let down in a way, that's not just like, it wasn't not what you wanted. It was just didn't make any sense to me. It seemed like it legitimately got poorly written. Okay. So I think as kind of an introduction to get us started into it, we'll just start with going through piecemealing together what we can recall of the the events that that lead up to this show i think starting all the way back to really, dragons <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> dragons um old valeria they call it old valeria right yeah so, usually because you know it's almost a misnomer because if i guess if it's you know completely exploded um from what i can discern you know due to the doom uh you know ruins and uh a lot of it seems like it's almost an atlantis situation yeah um there's no new valeria yeah no one uh no one uh you know it's not a new york or a new jersey situation yeah uh well it's it's thousands of years right like they they like george likes to throw around thousands when talking about things so my understanding thousands of years valeria is is like the capital of the known world, right? It is like far more progressed. It's the super, like the buildings, the structures, everything, because also it's like the the magic and the, like, what if you want to call it witchcraft or whatever, is generated by the presence of dragons. The dragons, right? and, yeah. Volcanoes. And it seems like, you know, whether it was explicitly laid out, like, you know, they had some kind of, you know, potentially energy generation or factory production maybe i mean there's a lot of reading between the lines that could be done but they were advanced to to say the least especially for this world as we see it in the yeah when you talk about like 
what different techniques were employed, like, you know, Valerian steel was held in such high regard. Um, and if something that, you know, still looks, you know, for instance, a relic, you know, that if guys got on his hip, you know, something that can stay polished, sharp for, well, I mean, what we know at this point, hundreds of years still, you know, what type yeah. of technology they needed to be able to craft something like that. And it, it can't be crafted anymore. There's no, like, somebody that remembers how to do it. It's just literally that that ability is gone with Valeria, like the Valerian steel production. So then along with Valeria, we have the Targaryens. Um, they are dragon riding families. They're in the dragon riding class, which is the ruling class of Valeria. So that's your, like the, the rich and powerful, right? But what we understand, they're not, they're not like a prominent house. They're like a middle-class ruling family. So then, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess we don't have too much more history than that, that that's written on the page that I know. Um, yeah, I mean, they were just running the mill, you know, nothing special. They weren't, you know, some kind of like, you know, Julius Caesar level people. They just were kind of, you know, the lucky ones who threw, you know, either, a, you know, premonition, you know, whether that maybe even might not be true or not, you know, they decided to pack up their things and head west um yeah and well, that's take... um the story goes it's i love the names i love mm -hmm. i love the like the the, the similarity <laughs> names too so it's it's danies you got danies and and rainies and anies which yeah well i hope when it's i not, read the book i hope it's anies i hope it's anies yeah, not I, I anus <laughs> danis rainis and anus for sure i mean because or king anus yeah <laughs> So Danies has a dream and she's like a child, right? She's a child, has a dream, Valeria, fiery explosion, and it's gone. Tells her dad, which I want to say like is Aaron, Aaron, maybe could be pulling that out of nowhere, um, that she has this dream. And she's like, we got to go. He's apparently just like, all right, sounds good. So they pack up the boat, the dragons pull out of Dodge and head over to Dragonstone. Mm -hmm. I mean, which is interesting in its own right, because we see, I mean, even in the first episode, you've got the whole, like, the shunning of the idea of a woman taking the throne, even from, like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, Johannes, I think. I almost said Johannesburg. Um, uh, him, you know, having to take, you know, huge counsel you know, to try and find, you know, who's going to be the next heir. Oh, um, Rainey's isn't a possibility, is. right? You know, her won a woman, you know, even though she's got, you know, an eldest son, you know, technically, if you by process of deduction, that should be the natural case, right? Um, mm -hmm. It was kind of a long tangent, but so you see this right now, at least in the Targaryen tradition, that women are only used for, I mean, procreation at this point. Yeah. You know, I mean, but you've got a, a daughter in Valeria who has a dream and then the So I think it might have been different. Like I think in Valeria, like it was there was women in the the aristocracy you want to call it. I, I would have to check, but I feel like it was more of a when they were in Westeros, then they kinda had to make a decision like would this be supported and and Jaharis decided against it, but when they because they already had the uh the incest uh thing was not popular um with yeah. anyone else, um which you know created a further level of alienation. Um because you already have these, 
you know, blonde haired, uh, you know, people technically, you know, speak a different language, um, you know, coming in and trying to run things in addition to, you know, sister wives. It's kind of a, you know, heresy, um, creating some disconnect between the ruling, the ruling class and everyone else, even the higher lords. Yeah, because there really is no unified kingdom at this time, but there are lords. So coming back to so Danies gets the family to move. They head to Dragonstone, which I think there was uh Targaryens there before as like a sea trader. They they were making some money by enforcing trading because it's the cross the narrow sea and there's there's regular like traffic across there with the Essos and Westeros. Um, so they set up camp there. Valeria, Duma Valeria happens. Like nobody can explain it. Volcanoes, fire explosion, everybody dies. Like the whole thing, whole city's gone, mostly underwater now, and all the dragons with it, except for those that went with the Targaryens. Right. So then fast forward. I, what maybe 50 years, 100 years. I don't know exactly what the timeline is. We get to Aegon, descendant of whomever moved to Dragonstone, decides there's a big, huge continent over here with no unified leadership. Let's take it over because we have dragons and why not? Yeah. It's just kind of, you know, decides to, you know, step out from the isolation of, of Dragonstone and, and just take it. You know, even with, you know, a limited amount of, of, you know, physical manpower, you know, having, you know, dragons, especially his big, uh, I believe it was, he has Balerion, right? Balerion, the Black Dread. Yeah, who's like three times, well, not technically, but just gigantic, um, capable of, you know, almost unlimited destruction, um, can melt stone, um, you know, which is, you know, pretty big thing at leveling the playing field compared to all these other guys who may have thousands of knights and pikemen and whatever, um, which are just, turns out, not effective against a flying flamethrower. Yeah. That's uh, that's Hall, right? So he takes the, what is that, the Riverlands, that kind of just that central area of, of Westeros. Yeah, because I believe at that time it was, was Heron, it was his name, and he Heron was actually, Black. yeah, and he was actually an Ironborn, and they had actual land holdings besides their, you know, tiny little crappy islands at that time, and uh, turns out that didn't end well for him, um, yeah. as he was uh, barbecued and roasted. Yeah, along with all of his relatives and servants and soldiers like immediately after finishing the castle too that took like 20 years to build yeah and thousands of indentured servants died making it and uh the fact that no one ever tried to fix it because it was so ruined that it you know stayed broken into the events of you know the current you know game of thrones ice and fire saga it just remains broken yeah haunted to the day right everyone every ruler that's lived there has like died a horrible death or something yeah lots of shenanigans occur there okay so then we get years of targaryens 
battling it out, using their dragons, acquiring forces. They take over all, um, all the middle kingdoms. They take Minus over Dorn. the rest. Yeah, they Dorn fights using guerrilla warfare and scorched earth tactics, and you know, for a long amount of time, is able to remain quote unquote independent. And they kill the first dragon. We get our first dragon death. Well, I mean, post Doom of Lyria, right? So we got Aegon and his sister wives, uh, Rainies and Visenya. And I'm going to forget their dragon names, right? But someone in Dorne gets a scorpion when shoots I believe it, it was Mara- Maraxes or something. Was it I think so. Yeah. Um, supposedly gets Maraxes? Eye shot, which is, you know, one in a million, but um, proves you can, you know, kill these things. Set a precedent. Now we're allowed to shoot them with bolts from surprise attack in the bay. <laughs> Boat mounted uh, auto launchers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So then we fast forward. Um, Aegon, and I guess worth noting so King's Landing is literally where Aegon landed. Starts at as Aegon Fort. It's a, just a, a mud castle. Develops, develops, develops. His son, his sons um, replace the mud fort with the beginnings of the red keep and King's landing is the city that springs up around it. Um, not going to even try to go through all the names. I know Magor's in there is one of the sons, right? Magor, the yeah, cruel. Magor, the cruel, he Does seems like a jerk, stuff. um, kills a lot of people. Um, you know, does some massacres, um, you know, wields his, I think at one point he has both of the ancestral Valyrian swords, which I figure will um, be pretty prominent in this show, as they've mentioned. Mm-hmm. I believe they mentioned Dark Sister at least like two or three times explicitly um, yeah. in the first episode, which kind of stood out to me. That's definitely one I'm going to want to. We're going to want to discuss that thoroughly. I think, yeah, where like Dark Sister, where it's come from and what's going on now, but. Um, through this time too, it's worth noting that so Dragonstone kind of remains their home base, right? They 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 the Targaryens build the Red Keep, which creates King's Landing just naturally builds up around it. Um but Dragonstone is always like their known spot. So that's like off the shore, it's where they came from originally. Um and now there's a tradition that the heir is named the the Prince of Dragonstone, right? So lineage is, is somewhat clear up to this point and they are given that castle bef- while they're, you know, in the position of being known to be the next heir. Um, so then a couple descendants down, we get to Jaehaerys. Jaehaerys is the, is king for like 70 years or something. And that brings us to the events of the show. That's Magor, right? Which one? The Prince of Dragonstone isn't that kind of where like Magor is Prince of Dragonstone at a point. Jaehaerys mm-hmm. becomes Prince of Dragonstone. Well, Jaehaerys kills Magor, right? I think we don't really know who kills. Oh no, 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 sorry, Magor. Like, yeah, that's right. He gets impaled on the throne. They like find him dead on the yeah. throne. 
like barbed by the swords or whatever. And we don't know if it was um like a a sister wife or something. Well, I don't know if he had sister wives, but man, I like I had it. I had it while I was reading through it, but you know, it uh, there's just so much. There's <laughs> yeah. it so fast. So yeah, but he was cruel and uh, you know, cruel people usually meet their ends horribly. Yeah, I was trying try not to jump too far on the timeline, but it's like, okay, well, you know, you've got, yeah, sorry, not trying to jump too far, but the whole, the whole, uh, like, the series, his wound, you know, right? You, you kind of see that kind of downplayed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, you, you already know. Yeah, it's History-wise, it's not yeah. the first time a throne has caused a wound to somebody at this point right so it's like that little is that an easter egg is that a you know foreshadowing of another event you know that's you know main to the plot but it's a probably just a like psa for you know tetanus shots now i don't think they had that back then and they not just milk of the professionals out there yeah well there's no possibility there's no possibility that could be like grayscale or is that too wild i mean it's almost like I mean, dragon scale. They called it dragon scale, right? Um, it's totally out. Was dragon? Was that not a thing yet? I I don't know when it first you know became an endemic thing, but uh, you know, because you know they mention it. You know, obviously it happens to Stannis's daughter. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's treated almost like you know like a polio almost kind of thing, obviously, but with skin. Yeah. Um, but that was just the first thing I thought of when they're even talking about having to cauterize it. But, um, you know, well, when, if... um, Danny's protector, that is a Jorah, uh, Jorah Mormont. So when Jorah gets it, he, it's like, like a blistery thing. Like it dries mm-hmm. the skin out. Uh, uh-huh. and that, and it's different. Cause in the books, I believe the guy like John Connington mm-hmm. has great grayscale. Yeah. He's on the boat with, uh, um, yeah. Like he's exposed at some point. And I believe that, you know, in the books, as far as the books have gone, there's no Jorah hasn't gotten it as opposed to the show um, where they're able to treat his in the yeah. show. Which is And like, they've written out John Connington. He's not even yeah, in he's, the show. Yeah, which, you know, it's he's, he'd be a hard character to introduce um, into the show at that point. So I don't blame them. But, you know, that would be interesting if this would be the first time that, you know, grayscale arrives but it could also just be you know a small enough you know a small symbol of just you know heavy is the head that wears the the crown you know mm-hmm. so i guess that'll be a thing you know if i i think if they mention it in another episode again then we can really think it's something or it could just be you know he needs he's uneasy as he sits the throne well yeah i mean you see him cut himself again on the throne yeah too. i'm just you know yeah, and then he, well, I guess we're getting into the first episode now. Mm-hmm. Okay, we can leave that. So, I think we kind of brought ourselves to the events of the show to to really recap the timeline there, though, and and put it in the context of Game of Thrones. So you have the the Doom of Valyria, the conquest. The conquest actually like starts on, like the split like how we have BC and AD they they have like before conquest and after conquest in this show so so really 
a couple years after Aegon lands in uh, Westeros, somewhere in there, we we go from before conquest to after conquest, right? I don't know exactly when it starts, but the events of Game of Thrones are somewhere around 300 after conquest, right? Yeah. And then the events that will kick off House of the Dragon are something about some like 130 years after conquest. I think we're in that 130 to 170 range. Yeah, that range. Yeah. yeah. Um so to give, you know, hints into like we're not going to see any of the same characters type of thing. Um then actually by the time by the time the first episode starts, right? Balerion the Black Dread is is gone and is a skull and the last that Balerion was the last creature to have witnessed Valeria, old Valeria, right? So we're we're we've exited that side, and we've we have not entered any of the characters from uh, the plot of Game of Thrones now. So we're we're fully in our own new element here, which is extremely exciting, in my opinion. Yeah, and what was you know interesting to see, you know see the you know the same you know obviously new characters, but some people from the same houses, some of the same great lords pop up whether in the background or, you know, on the small council um, kind of things and see who's going to play, you know, roles with this during the actions of the show. Um, you know, some of which, especially the people ruling, you know, the, the main kingdoms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like it was the, uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme when, uh, when, when Damon's going down the line, you can see all the different, uh, like the houses, the emblems of the houses. I was like, <laughs> I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> That's Hightower. That's Baratheon. When I they like, yeah. I, I believe they explicitly reference to the relationship between Baratheon and, um, you know, their house as, you know, they originally, I think house Baratheon was kind of an offshoot with a cousin, I believe, um, founding it or some relative, you know, that's kind of, something that ties into how Robert was able to take the throne uh, by claiming a distant relationship to the, uh, to the um, Targaryens themselves after he killed them, of course. Yeah. But Well, they were like the primary allies, right, of the Targaryen family for a lot of the conquest. Like yes. Or- Oris Baratheon and his brother who like goes bad or something. But like there's a major allyship and there's some hands of the king there to the Targaryen kings. Um so I think I, I think you're right. I think there's something there where like the Hightower, Hightower Otto is trying to maneuver into where the Baratheon kind of relation like alliance was as that fades out. Um, I think will be interesting to see what's going on there but but they definitely yeah well getting into the first episode again <laughs> it's hard not to i mean i would just be curious i assume we won't get any flashbacks in the show or or is that confirmed or not i mean i don't want to conjecture too much but i mean the amount of people i guess yeah i didn't look at like the full cast list but i know there's going to be time jumps for sure but whether that's forward or back in time is mm-hmm. and i'm guessing the only back is really the the opening. It's the giving opening. us the download, yeah. 
but I'm just having a hard time still conceptualizing the uh, the idea of so the Targaryens. So obviously Valerians at this point we're still they're a seafaring nation at this point, right? So that's why you still see their house post Valeria, Doom of Valeria, right? Because you've got Corlys Valerian all of his tree lines. So they but that's Valerian. It's not Valerian. Well, but th- well, they are descended from Valerians. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so they're descendants, but it's you know where does that branch off? Is that from other nations that had migrated prior to this huge conquest? Following, Val- yeah, you know, Valerians were like a couple of the Targaryens that had had moved over to Dragonstone. They were on Driftmark, doing the same kind of deal. They were trade lords essentially just yeah. taxing and but yeah they had I, I don't know if there were valerians left in valeria i'm assuming there were um but they had they had established themselves in not really as a part of westeros but the narrow sea prior to the the doom and just so is it really just the the Targaryens that made it out post, you know, when we're talking about Aegon taking just his bloodline and making a conquest to yeah. Westeros. Or... I mean, you got to assume that somebody, like some family, were vacationing in Carth or something at the time, yeah. right? <laughs> like, there's no way there's no lines, but no dragons made it out. I think that's the the big thing. Yeah, because that's what made them special is, you know, they have this one unique super weapon that no one else can really counter um, reliably. Um, It's almost like not quite on the level of nuclear weapons. It's like having an attack helicopter um, when everyone else has, you know, pointy sticks. Yeah. Yeah, but then you listen to like the series of speech to, you know, at the end of the episode talking about, you know, it's a power that they shouldn't have, you know, toiled with. I thought that was powerful in its own right. If you take that to, you know, the type of stuff that we choose to employ in modern warfare, right? You know, for the sake of, you know, we've got it, so we hold ourselves in higher regard. But when you're a whole nation of everybody who's got nukes or dragons, you're not really so special, right? So, but yeah, when weapons can only do so much. Well, it seems like there's there's no evidence that post doom that a non targaryen can just walk up to a dragon and be like what's up right like it seems like all of them can some of them are like they do it super young some of them not some of them they put the 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 egg in the cradle but pretty consistently if they make the choice i want to go ride this dragon there's no accounts that i read of the dragon refused and you would think maybe someone else has tried well i mean in um book five what is it so it's in the john connington plot line right or no no yeah he smuggles in the um the like other prince of dorne the younger one and he tries to go ride the dragon and it all one of, one of <laughs> yeah quentin uh, quentin or he gets cooked so gets roasted yeah so it seems like if you're not a targaryen there's like something there the Targaryens can just like select a dragon and the dragon accepts it. But I mean, it can literally yeah. just be, I mean, 
Yeah, I'm the type of nerd that's like, okay, the white hair is a symbolism of genetic imprinting, mm -hmm. and they stay incestual babies so they can maintain that dominant trait. So that way, as long as they've got this complexion, right, you've got blue eyes, white hair, this fair complexion, you imprint that on a young dragon for generations. The baby's yeah. offspring is going to, you know, only trust, you know, Unlike those, how those genetic markers, right? But you know, birds and dogs will imprint, you know, and bond, you know, especially, you know, at certain ages too, like, you know, they'll follow your commands or they'll follow you around and, you know, meanwhile, they'll bite someone else's hand off. Yeah. <laughs> but will they follow around someone that looks just like you? I mean, <laughs> depends on how good their eyesight is, I guess. Yeah. All right. It'd be interesting to see if they go into more of the history that brought them up to the point of where they're at. Cause it seems like there's a lot of tension over a history that at this point, I mean, even the series says the dragon, the last person who could have possibly seen what life and culture was like is dead. Right. So now everything that's driving their culture, their traditions is at this point, nothing but hearsay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not to diminish Within their own family their feelings it's all it's just passed down information mm -hmm. and and it's like we don't know the other dragon riding families in valeria right like were dragons just sold on the street at the market and your family bought a dragon like they bought a horse and that was just like you know exclusive to those that could afford it or was there some you know were were they family bred or something i don't think we really have that information on how with non-Targaryen families, dragons were accepting writers or not. So that is it. Yeah. There's the Valerians and then the Celtigars, Kel Celtigars. It sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. Celtigars. There's like name three main dragon riding families. Okay. But, but yeah, yeah. What was that culture like? How did they, you know, where did they abuse the dragon so is that a part of like it's just dragon mm -hmm. fire what's needed to make valerian steel you know are we accidentally going to get wielders of valerian steel from dragons melting the wrong fucking shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it almost seems like there's like spells or something too but maybe a good content for uh like a deep dive side spot will just mm -hmm. um do like a history of dragons, a history of Valerian steel, recap of all everything that's been made. But be worth all time. to come. 